0: You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Katherman. And today we are continuing in our series through systematic theology. Today we're going to be talking about what is the Trinity? Because that's not confusing for people. Right?
1: It's a pretty easy concept. Here's why it's confusing. Let's just put this on the table. It's confusing because there's nothing within creation in our reality that is like the Trinity, so we don't have anything to look to to help us understand it, and it's outside of our own reality. In that, the Trinity expresses that God eternally, so forever, existed as three persons: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and each person is fully God, and there is one God. Right. Someone goes, "Wait, if there's one God, shouldn't there be three gods? Because there's you know three persons." Is there? We are one person. And that's how we understand it. But it's three persons in one God existing eternally.
0: I th- <laughs> that's really good. I think the other thing that's confusing for people or maybe a hindrance is that you don't see that word, Trinity, in Scripture.
1: Right, but you see the Trinity. in like. So you, you don't see a lot of things. in. There's other words we don't see in Scripture. Right. Because the words have come about over time to help us to make sense of what we're reading in Scripture. So I'll throw out a couple things. Um, I'm looking for this really complicated book on my shelf. It's fantastic. Uh, Reordering the Trinity. There it is. By uh, Dr. Durst. Right? He was the chair of my committee when I was working on my um, doctorate. But anyway, so here's some places. There's lots and lots of places where we can see the Trinity in the Bible, even if we don't see the word Trinity. Uh, and I'll just throw them out. Here's some Old Testament ones. Genesis 1, Genesis 3:22. Uh, Genesis 11, 7. Um, let's see here. Matthew, going to the New Testament. Matthew 28, 19. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 through 6. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. Jude, verses 20 and 21. There's lots of places. In this book, I'm just going to throw a little shout out Reordering the Trinity, Six Movements of God in the New Testament. And his part of what Dr. Durst is doing is he's looking at how the Trinity is mentioned discussed he, he looks at some of the ideas of function and and we simply always go oh well there's a there's a submissive order
0: yeah, i always beca- feel like god the father comes first then god the, Fa- son the father and the, the son
1: spirit. and the holy spirit which is yeah. called the baptistic order because it's made famous in like the great commission however he has and i could pull this out he has some really fascinating charts of when we see that in different orders and there's a there's like what nine different ways or something we can reorder those Interesting. and he shows how sometimes the holy spirit's mentioned first then the son then the father sometimes it's the son the father the, and they're actually fairly equal so if we only use the order they're always listed as who submits to who well we do have to take into account that that shows up in different ways so his argument basically is that there's there's probably uh i think this is how he would argue it there is equal submission to one another in different ways, and simply using the order it's listed in the Great Commission doesn't mean that the Father submits to none. Right. The Son submits to the Father, and the Holy Spirit submits to the Son, or something sure. like that. Right. But this is a bit much—so if you're wanting much more study, I do recommend Reordering the Trinity by Roderick right. K. Durst. Um it's a it's a heady hefty book, but it, if you want to really get your head around it, that's one well, resource. There's plenty of others. Because out
0: at there. the end of the day, like one of the key biblical truths, I think to the Trinity that we can't overlook is is that. Each each part of the Trinity has been co-equal, co-existent, yes, co-eternal, co, yes, you know? co, so together, forever, right. <laughs> so if you study the early Church Fathers, you'll see that you know there wasn't a time when the Son didn't exist.
1: Which right. that's a heresy they had to battle.
0: Right. I think the way they would say that it was: Is there ever a
1: time when Jesus was not? Right. And, and if you look today, you can find entire faith structures. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints being one of them, that would say if you go back in some time, eternity past, there is a time when there wasn't a Jesus. Right. Of course, they'd also say Elohim was a human and became a sure. god, or
0: whatever. But it derails from there. Yeah, it, there
1: wasn't a time when the, well. So hold on, if there wasn't a time when there wasn't a Jesus, or there is there there wasn't a time when there wasn't a son, and people go, well, how is Jesus born and how is he begotten? Right. That's a conversation we're gonna come up to in systematic theology, the hypostatic union, yeah. the God man. But Jesus for a season, for a time in eternity past, and up to a point, had a nature of just being God and he took on a second nature in humanity. Right. Right. We're gonna to get to that when we talk about who is Jesus. But that's a different thing than the Trinity. Right. Okay. So I hope that helps. But- here's the here's the three statements we have to remember that define the Trinity. And Grudem, I mean, this is the 20 Basics Every Christian Should Know book we're talking about. But if you go to even the bigger books, he's a lot of material on this. His bigger systematic theology book and whatnot. But here's the here's the statements. Number one, God is three persons. Right. Number two, each person is fully God. Exactly. Number three, there is one God. And so anytime you're dealing with heresies or or views, that's how the Bible articulates the Trinity. I'll do it one more time. God is three persons. Right. Each person is fully God, so completely God.
0: There is one God. That's a really good point. And uh, I want to unpack that more, but I want to come back to something that you said at the beginning of the podcast. You said that there was nothing in creation that really could show us the Trinity. But I've grown up hearing a lot of analogies on the Trinity. Uh, The egg, for example.
1: An egg does not help us understand God in the way we think. Water that can freeze and... A father who serves different roles. and Or the, the son, sun, right? And the light. And yeah. Okay. Bef- I, I really have to put a shout out to one of my favorites. Lutheran Satire does these really great videos with these two guys, Donald and Connell. They're cartoon guys and they're horribly animated, which makes it even more fun. And I think the very first Lutheran Satire with Donald and Connell was, if you just search Lutheran Satire and St. Patrick, they did this cartoon where Saint Patrick has the three-leaf clover as a, and a clover is a you cannot use sure. the three-leaf clover. It is a hilarious parody of how all of these things fall apart from these two Donald and Connell guys. I mean, it's it's wonderful.
0: Well, walk me through that then, because you know we talked about three things, and the egg is three things: it's the outer shell and and the yolk and. Okay, know. so the so- egg analogy
1: is partialism. Let me just go so. All these analogies usually fall down in some place. So let me go through the major heresies that these analogies usually okay. fall into. Uh, I'll just, uh, so we have modalism. Okay. We have, I'll come back to them, Arianism. Um, we have uh, partialism. Sure. And Then we have a couple others that, that the analogies don't usually fall into, but it's like polytheism. That's the denial that, um, that there's only many gods. Right. And so it, instead of God being one, God is many. And then there's deism, that's the denial that God is three persons. And uh, most of the founding fathers were deists. So we say, oh, we're founded on a Christian nation. I would hold that if you don't, if you deny the Trinity, you might not be able to understand the Trinity when you first become a Christian, but if you are outright denying the Trinity, I think you can't put yourself in a position to call yourself Christian. Uh, And the church fathers and the church over these last 2,000 years have fought those battles to show how clear the bible is saying god is a triune god and if you deny that you're not falling under the submitted position of jesus and the
0: father you should be well right? why is that important can't i just say that oh yeah there's a god and i believe in him why, well, why is it important to believe in the trinity
1: um a couple of reasons john 17 3 says that this is eternal life that you know the Father, and him who he sent, Jesus Christ. Well, if you don't know the Father and Jesus Christ accurately, right. you have a problem. I could say, hey, you know, I love I love shopping at Walmart. It's the place with the big red circle and another circle around it, and I love that they have these specials and the clothing brands, and it's not Walmart. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's a different store, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. and so, but if I say, well, that's fine, who cares? Well, ho- hold on just a second. Let's right. be clear, words do mean things. If I say I love shopping at grocery stores, fine. But if I was really saying, "Hey, I, I'm a I'm a true believer in the Walmart plan, right. and I never shop at Walmart," right? That's a problem, right? Because sure, then i But if that's just grocery shopping or clothing shopping, we're talking about eternal significance here. Right. And there are churches, and there are entire groups of people and faith structures that hold to some of these um, to some of these heresies: oneness, Pentecostals kind of go to a modalism thing where Jesus is this way and that way and this way and that way it's all Jesus. Uh, Mormons, the LDS church, they hold to uh, some pretty hefty issues and deny the Trinity. So let's break the bad analogies down because then you can kind of see how it plays out. We can kind of pick on some of yours. So let's start with modalism. Uh, This is, like I just said, this would be the oneness Pentecostals. And I think our bad analogies we're picking on are water right h2o it's, right h2o can be water and ice and vapor um so the father modalism. the husband the son that's called modalism. because you said
0: in, in one of groom's points was that uh, each person is fully god Well, of these modalisms they're not so this is I mean, how they're you, all fully h2o but they're not
1: this is how you do this is you have to apply all three of the statements and if all three of the statements don't apply we have a problem right so let's just let's just go through this um Modalism modalism denies that God is three distinct persons. Right. All right? Um, uh, when you go to Jesus' baptism at Matthew 3, 16 and 17, you see all three persons functioning. You can't okay. say, well, Jesus is in the water. Then all of a sudden he's not there. Right. And then he's speaking. And then all of a sudden the speaker's
0: not there. And then the Holy Spirit comes to Like, you have a problem there. Um, that's been one that's really been hard for me to unpack because they all go, well, it's all H2O and sometimes it's this this and this but all the three of those forms are h2o but they're not all three the same form at the same time And
1: let's remember that we're not talking if you're going to use the ht and h2o analogy you have to use one h2o cell one molecule has to be of h2o so you can't say well look over there there's some ice and look over here here's some vapor No, no hold on one molecule has to be able to be all Three and not right. then it can't be all three simultaneously. So it's in different modes. It's in this mode right, right. now. It's in the father, the husband of the son. Right. Okay, but the father, the husband, and the son. Yeah, I'm all those. Not in relation to all people. Right. You know, my son in relation to me is not also a father, and a, like, right. well, he'd be a father to somebody else. Yeah. So he's a mode depending on his relationship and who he's relating to. So what See, about partialism? So par- so partialism. Would be um, that the Father, the Holy Son, are one third parts or some combination oh. of parts that equal a hundred percent. So there's the
0: egg analogy.
1: So we don't have that each part is full. So the first one we said denies um, that all three persons. God is God is three persons. Statement number two: each person is fully God. Statement number three: there is one God. Impartialism. You're denying that all are fully God. So now you're denying statement number two. And in the egg, is the shell 100% of the egg? No, because there's this and this. Right. Or an apple, the skin, and the core, or whatever. Like, You now have different parts of a thing, but no one says the egg yolk is 100% all egg. Right. Well, it is egg by definition. Yeah, but the shell... I don't usually eat the shell. I don't eat the... <laughs> yeah, like we have different parts that make up the whole. Right. And so that's where that that's where that falls apart. The three-leaf clover... If I ripped one of the cleaves, the clovers off, I'm missing clover, sure. right? And so we have parts that make that up, and then in the in the Lutheran satire, he's like uh, Voltron, <laughs> the twelve or ten yeah. robot that's... dinosaur cars that make one giant robot They're each parts. Like it's a really funny scene, um, but that that's why partialism breaks down. Okay. We have different parts, and then we have then we have Arianism. This is, I think, where where Mormonism struggles right because one item fully creates an other. so like um right. uh Jesus and the holy spirit in a lot of times in Arian- well in traditional arianism are derived from the father so there was a time when they didn't exist or at right. least the son didn't exist often that denies that each person is fully god but that's not a guaranteed thing um one person was a creator of the others or one person continually sustains the other, but there's not an equality, co-equal right. like you talked about. And so a lot of times this is born out of the, the confusion that Jesus had two natures. Right. Well, if he was born in the Christmas story that we read you know, in Matthew right. and Luke, then he must not have existed before that. Right. But that's not true. Yeah. That's just that two nature problem. So the bad analogy like sun, light, and heat is a really good example. Well, there's the sun, and there's light, and there's heat, except the light and the heat are emanating from the sun.
0: Yeah.
1: If there wasn't the sun, those other two wouldn't exist whatsoever, and so this is where this is problematic. With Mormonism, they believe there was a time when Jesus didn't exist, and then the Father... Eternally gave birth to the Son. And incidentally, he also gave birth to Satan and gave birth to humanity, and
0: all those are exactly the same. Which and is that's confusing because when I read John 1 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. Right, and the <laughs> Word was with God, and the Word, word was, was God. God not, you jump so. down to
1: verse 14, the Word became flesh. Right. Well, that would deny that in the beginning. Right. Nope, it happened when he was born. Well, right. hold on a second. So <laughs> that's
0: that's Arianism, named after Arius. Right, and when I read about that debate in, in church history and stuff, I see that one of the big key factors that they used to kind of explain that was that Jesus was begotten, yes. not made. Yes, <laughs> oh.
1: and then then there's another debate, too. Like, is he of the similar essence of the Father or the oh, same yeah. essence of the Father? These are all these debates that when you study church history and you see how these things are articulated and have played out, we don't just go, well, I'm just going to choose to side with, augustine or sure. athanasius or whoever right. you don't choose they're all articulating this is how i interpret and this is how i understand the bible and so we go back to how do we account for the baptism here and john 1 1 and all these different how, does this view that there was a time when jesus was not fit with how we interpret scripture right. does this fit with this does this fit with that and so it, these those analogies do they fit with scripture the answer is no
0: right, right? or And so that's important. So if all of these analogies are bad, water, egg, the sun, how do you describe the Holy Spirit? How would you explain that to someone? How would you maybe map that out for them?
1: So if I was going to look at like one of the individuals or all three of them or how the relationship fits, Scripture's helpful. And we have to say we we have to hold this in such a way that however we view it has to submit and surrender to Scripture. I really find it helpful in seeing it. In seeing this picture, I have it actually on my wall because I find it helpful. It's, it's basically a triangle. And uh, one point of the triangle, it's the Father. Right. Another point of the triangle, it's the Son. Another point of the triangle, it's the Holy Spirit. But in the middle, there's a circle in the middle of this triangle. Okay, and from each one of the points of the triangle, it points to the circle. Okay, and on the on the triangle lines, it says is not. So the Father is not the Spirit the spirit is not the son the son is not the father okay we right. got that but then there's a little line that goes into that circle and in the middle of the circle it says god mm. and on the little line going in says is right. so the spirit is god the son is god the father is god that's, that's good. it's not an egg right <laughs> it's not a water molecule but it's a diagram that just says the relationships it's a relational diagram and so it's it's helpful to see how they relate to one another
0: shows how they're distinct but also shows how they're the same
1: yeah which is really really helpful okay so the statements again god is three persons each person is fully god there is one god and that represents that whereas created things that we see like the egg or water whatever don't and so um i would suggest not appealing too strongly to the things that don't hold very well to this right Right. don't capture the mystery of the trinity and don't hold on to it now a lot of our listeners like but i like the egg analogy i Uh, oh i grew up with the i helped me get it well yeah but it broke down badly into
0: heresy and, and i think that's a really good point i know we're kind of about to run out on time but i think that's a good point to consider as well because it 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 feels harmless to use those analogies. Yeah, they don't really explain it perfectly. Mm, it but matter. what harm does it do if, if maybe you're a kid's teacher you know, at, in Sunday school class? Or you know, my parents were youth and kids pastors. And, and I remember my dad using these analogies when I was growing up. And, and I thought, well, what's wrong with these? But at the end of the day, it is wrong because you're not teaching the biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy. And they stick. And they stick with you, right? And they have a heresy that sticks with you. And that's the key. That the heresy sticks with that. And so then, as you grow up and become an adult, you'll hear other pastors, maybe one as Pentecostal people or LDS people, and they're talking and, and using, you're, oh yeah, and you that works. fits the analogy I learned as a kid. And the reason this is so difficult is because
1: sometimes it's difficult to explain these things to kids. Right. But, and this is, I'll use VeggieTales as an example. You know, people go, well, what's so wrong with veggie VeggieTales. I'm not thinking there's a lot wrong with VeggieTales. What's wrong, though, is that's where it lands and stays right. forever. Yep. And so a lot of people's theology now comes from, as adults, comes from a VeggieTale cartoon. You're like, you never worked that out. Okay, so, so right now my daughter is seven. And sometimes when we say, yeah, God, we're going to, you know, God wants this. Th- okay, it's Jesus. It's like a strong Jesus emphasis on God she's working through understanding the Trinity, but we want to keep working it out. So I'm not just going to, you need to hold the tension in majesty and glory and God's, I'm going to, I'm going to go, okay, yes, but I'm going to keep unpacking it so that over time, when they hear those three statements, like my other kids, they go, okay, it's a mystery that can't be explained by anything in creation. But this is how the Bible articulates. I, my 16-year-old and my 13-year-old can do that now. Because exactly. I didn't camp out forever on an analogy. Right. And at, frankly, teaching how the analogy doesn't work is really helpful too. My Absolutely. kids laugh and laugh and laugh at that Patrick video <laughs> because they understand where right. it breaks down. Right. And, you know, And they can say, oh, well, this is because the parts are not all each 100% right. God. And so I would just say... There are ways that analogy can be helpful, sure. but it's more helpful if you show how it doesn't work Absolutely. than how it works.
0: Because here I am as a you know 40-year-old, just really struggling to like, well, why don't these analogies well, work? Let's and I, I haven't unpacked that. Let's say you're a little you know? kid and you use the egg one. Well,
1: God is like this egg. Right. Okay, well, so all of this egg is 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 all the same, right? Okay, so I'm going to make you an omelet out of the shells. Right. No. Well, hold on. That's because you want a different part. And
0: I just find know. that it's harder for me to... Deconstruct that and break it apart, than to just have been taught as a kid. Yeah. And the worst part of all that is, is you're you're taught these things by people that are are harmless. They don't mean to teach a heresy. Mm -hmm. They're probably teaching something that they learned. Well, let's let's just
1: take that forward a little bit, okay? So Santa Claus, he's harmless fun, okay? there's Lots of debates on what we do or don't do with Santa Claus. What if you learned about Santa Claus, which personally, I'll just I'll put this out there on the table. Santa Claus is a character, to my kids, like Batman is a character. They know that different actors play these different characters. They do these different things. He helps us celebrate Christmas, but he's not this mystical people who come down the chimney and whatever. And so they can still enjoy. Sure. But here's the deal. Imagine as an adult, you just continue to hold that a guy comes down your chimney, does this, does that, and it never got explained or unpacked. And then when you tried to explain or unpack it, people who love that argue against the 30-year-old man saying, I don't know about this. Oh, but... That's what, kind of what happens with these analogies. I'd
0: probably be disappointed when my parents died and Santa quit visiting. I know, me. <laughs> like, like there's a, what did I do wrong? Yeah, what happened? So there's just an idea of teaching truth, but you don't have right. to be a jerk about it. Well, and that that example you gave of the the picture on your wall that shows this, I feel like that's beneficial to helping kids understand. And my kids uh, can draw that now.
1: They're like, oh, right.
0: okay, okay. And, and my wife, who who helps teach in, in our kids' ministry at our church, will always say things like, you know. This might be a concept that we don't fully understand the side of eternity. And that's okay. But here's what we do know.
1: And, you know, as a kid, you don't have to... Here's what I I say about new believers, for example. Do they have to understand all the nuances of the Trinity before they can get baptized and be a Christian or whatever? (laughs) And my answer is, I'm not sure I understand all (laughs) the nuances of the Trinity. However, you can't just outright deny it. If you see biblically, God uh, is in three persons in this way, and here's how you see this. And you go, nope, it's like this. We now, the Father is really God, and the other two are just smaller parts. Right. Okay. We have a problem. Right. So you, I I would suggest like you you maybe don't have to completely understand it, right. but you can't outright just reject
0: it. Absolutely. So if our listeners are listening as we're kind of wrapping up here, and they're saying, you know, I don't really fully understand the Trinity either. What would you recommend the best place to start with?
1: Uh, start reading some. Like, read your Bible. Right. Get into that always. But like like uh the twenty things. 20 Basics Every Christian Should Know by Wayne Grudem and Elliot Grudem. is just a helpful three or four page discussion. Like, okay, I can start thinking about it. Then you can go to the bigger one that he wrote. The Doctrine. Bible Doctrine. You could, you could go to Systematic Theology Hero. Mm. You could start going to Millard Erickson's or start yeah. picking up some of these theologies. Or, I mean, there's a few books out there on the Trinity. Um, I'm going to pull some of these. I don't. Some of these are okay. Some of these are not okay. But like just, you kind of start reading and then contrasting right. that against Scripture. Talk to your pastor um, just dig in. It's just at work. We don't just get these things overnight. This is a work in progress. Right?
0: Exactly. And that's the key. Dig in and start with your Bible. Because yep. some of these books might got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. But use these to help compliment and say, oh, okay, is this yeah. what the Bible says?
1: Contrast every reader yep. you ever read against the Bible. And if he's explaining scripture, open that scripture and say, is that? does this make sense? Wait a minute. I'm not sure... You go to the Bible. We can read all these other authors and critique them, but the Bible actually reads and speaks
0: to us. Absolutely. And so open your Bible and do it. Well, there you go. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.